0: Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com.
1: Um, so we're going to, we started last week with a man as created in the image of God, and we went through creation and focused on Genesis 1. And looked at uh, man uh, being created and that's mankind Uh, uh, the Hebrew word Adam mean that's used means mankind it talks about both men and women man and and woman and female male and female being created and uh, and so today that's what we're gonna focus on we're gonna focus on how male and female uh, persons uh, Adam and Eve were created um, now, Adam also means you add one more uh, letter, Adama, and that means ground, okay? And so from the ground, we'll see that Adam, God creates Adam from the ground and then creates Eve from a rib of Adam as well, okay? So <clears throat> this is uh, the week that we're looking at, um, week two of our study of uh, this class. Uh, this is what we're going to focus on today, <clears throat> excuse me, both men and women made in God's likeness men and women are equal in God's image, Uh, sexual differentiation, the fact that we're made men and women, the fact that both men and women are equally, uh, uh, equally represent God, and uh, that Adam and Eve, and we'll look at Adam and Eve and their attributes and mandates. Uh, But as we start this morning, um, I'm going to ask you to participate and tell me what this, what is this sign and what does it mean? (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha All right. So you're focused on the color, all right? Yellow and blue. Okay. Doesn't not mean Michigan Wolverines. No. Well, as much as you may want to think that, but. Okay. So what? At a base level, what is this? Equal sign, Equal sign right? It's a mathematical sign that we use, right? But it's been turned to mean gender equality, right? Uh, that, that that is how it has been used. What does that mean, right? There's a lot of lot of things that are that are <laughs> construed and talked about when that's when this this specific sign is put on different places. What do what do people mean by that? Like men and women can do the same job, do the same thing. Okay. Okay. Okay, what else? When you see this sign, what comes to mind? Okay. In any women are being men, men are being a transgender or a, you know, that kind of an idea. Okay. All right. So yeah, that the in the mathematical realm it's that th- there's the same, right? This is the same as that, that it's a, a, a absolutely identical, right? That they are equal, meaning absolutely identical in the mathematical sense. And that's been what has been changed and used for our genders, right? That we are absolutely identical. And that's, that's false. This is false. This is false teaching. It's against Scripture. It's just not true, okay? But this is the world that we live in and what we have to deal with. Okay? so if you, you I'm sure you guys have seen the signs on bumper stickers on other places on uh, on posters okay w- but remember that's what that's when you see that that means that's what that means so identity confusion gender confusion uh, all these terms that have been common uh, that became have become common in our uh, language over the last 20 years what uh, wasn't the case 20 years ago when uh, when I 20 years ago when I was in uh, just finishing high school starting college someone would say gender confusion I said, I was confused about that I said what are, what are you talking about like somebody's confused that they're a, a, a boy and a girl like that doesn't make any sense to me right <clears throat> but so our identity in male and female is how God has made our bodies how he's created our bodies right if God has given you a male body with male body parts you are a male my five-year-old understands that right if you are a female and given a female body with female body parts you are a female Okay. Sadly, we have to say this because it's the most basic point of God's creation that's denied today. Many claim that gender is not based on one's anatomy, but how a person feels and how they identify themselves. So the world encourages wicked mutilation of young people's bodies in order to bring their anatomy into line with their emotions instead of vice versa. So our emotions can deceive us. And instead of Instead of fighting our emotions and lining those up with God's word and how he has created us, the world wants to do the opposite. The world wants to change our bodies to match up our emotions, and that's wrong, okay? <clears throat> so we'll look at that. So last week, we t- looked at, uh, this is the last part of, of Genesis 1, we'll read this and Genesis 2. So if we can just start with Thomas, if you, if you can, can you see that or not? Okay, and we'll just go along. We'll read through the last of Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. I have it up on the screen. If you want to follow with your Bibles or your phones, please feel free. So please, Thomas, start us off.
0: Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing
1: that creeps on the earth. Keep going all the way to the end. Yeah, please.
0: and every bird of the sky and everything that moves on the earth which has life i have given every green plant for food and it was so god saw that all he had made and behold it was very good and he and there was eating and there was morning the the thank
1: you thomas nate do you mind uh leading us off with uh genesis chapter two
2: Rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven, and no shrub or field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted for the for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth and there was no man to cultivate the ground but a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living person the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thank you. Nate. Dakota, will you continue for us, please? there is gold the gold of that land is good the delium and the onyx stones are there as well the name of the second river is Gihon. it flows around the whole land of cush the name of the third river is the tegris it flows east of assyria and the fourth river is the euphrates then the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and tend it the lord god commanded the man saying from any tree of the garden you may freely eat but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for on the day that you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them.
1: And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. Thank you. And Kelly, do you mind finishing up for us, please? The man
2: gave names to all the livestock and to the birds him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And then the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, and brought her to the man. Then the man said, At last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not
1: ashamed. Okay, thank you. So some have tried to say that Genesis 2 is just a repetition of Genesis 1. That's not the case. Genesis 1, we see God creating all things, and mankind, both male and female, are part of that creation narrative. <laughs> Genesis 2 now goes into detail of the creation of male and female, including the garden where they were to dwell. Okay? <clears throat> so, what do we learn about God in this passage? What's that? He created, everything. created everything. Okay, absolutely. Yep. What else? Details are important. Yeah, we see lots of detail put here. Okay? There's a lot going on in, in this chapter. Okay? What else? So God is a God of order, God of detail. He provided for them. Okay. He, them. he didn't just create
2: them
1: and be like, all right, good luck. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Including he the, the mist that watered the, the plants, right? So that was part of God's care as well. is not only a place. And provision, but even in uh, what, how, how things grow—that's part of God's care and love. Absolutely. Okay. What else? God recognized that the animals were not suitable helpers. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we'll get into that. Why? Why that was? Why that that man created God created man and woman as a helper. But yeah, absolutely. The the animals were not a suitable helper, um, and and we'll get into that. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good good. observation what else yeah yeah it's the first time when god says this is not good right everything else had been good in fact very good when man when mankind was created and now he's saying this is not good for him to be alone okay okay yeah what else good okay Okay. All right. So there's work. We talked about that. Yes. last week, I know you think you guys were gone, but yeah, the, that work is before the fall. There's work to do. God gives man responsibility to cultivate to the ground, to, to be fruitful and multiply, which is in Genesis 1. Okay. The, the cultural mandate we talked about. Okay. And now another responsibility, another job is naming the animals. And we'll, we'll talk about that, that there's a specific um, authority that's given by naming something. Okay. <clears throat> All right, good. What else do we learn about God? He's purposeful. Okay. Everything he made and the way he made it and the way it worked had a purpose. Ah, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Purposeful, that's a good good word. Yep. Okay. What else? Well, well, yeah, <clears throat> they're made in the image of God, right? They represent different aspects of God. They're not equal with God. They are made in the image of God and, and thus take on characteristics, are given characteristics of God, okay? Yep. Okay. What else? These are all good, this is all good stuff. I appreciate the participation. In fact, I like it. All right, uh, we'll move on. So how are men and women the same? Okay. Okay. All right. Made with the same substance. Both came from some... God took something and made it into something else, right? It was different than the animals. He made Adam from the ground, made woman from a piece of Adam. Okay? Alright? <clears throat> and that's again different, specifically different than the animals. Okay? Okay, what else?
2: They both have
1: jobs. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. And we'll get to that. That the cultural mandate applies to both. Okay? Uh, male and female. Okay? Other thoughts? No? All right. Well, we'll get we'll get we'll get into this. So both women and both men and women made in the in God's image. Excuse me. That's a typo. So when you see that red, for those of you that are first in my class, that's what as an investigator, i call a clue to fill in your uh, your uh, uh, um, uh, your outline if you have it. OK, OK. Um, So both men and women are made in God's likeness. And we talked about lordship attributes last week that God gives to both men and women in creation. Okay, so authority, control, and presence. So again, we see that these are the uh, offices of prophet, priest, and king that were established in creation into man, sin, tainted all of that, and Jesus comes and fulfills those completely and perfectly later on as a second Adam, okay? But in creation, these offices are established for both men and women, okay? Man and women are created both in a distinct way. Again, we talked about Adam being formed from the ground and breathed in life, and Eve the same, but with rib from Adam. And they're made specifically in a special way from God's hand and his breath. God's breath, he breathed in life to us. Okay. <clears throat> so they're given these uh, these lordship attributes. Both image, uh, both sexes, male and female, image God's control. For He charges men and women to have dominion over the earth. They're both vassal kings under God, bearing His authority. Okay. <clears throat> they're both subject to His ordinances and are both charged with building a culture, the cultural mandate, building a culture according to those ordinances of God. Okay. And in order to be fruitful and multiply, okay, there has to be two people. There has to be a man and a woman to be able to do that. And by being fruitful and multiplying the earth with children, they're bringing the presence of human beings throughout the whole world. And God made this possible to happen with man and woman together, okay? All right. So the cultural mandate, the need to be fruitful and multiply, applies to both men and women. 2:18 we see the first recorded time that God saw again we talked about this that something was not good that it was not good for a man to be alone and so without female companionship and a partner a partner for reproduction, a partner in the work, man can't accomplish this task so a helper was needed and God created Eve. So, we see could the cultural mandate applies to both? Now, We'll look at sin in a couple weeks, and we'll see that men and women share in the fall and, the, and sin entering the world. Okay, <clears throat> so we'll see that both men and women disobey God, and God brings both curses mixed with blessings upon both of them. Now these are going to apply differently to men and women in this. The main the main curses being that the women that woman will have pain in childbirth, and man will have pain and toil as he works. But both are cursed equally. Uh, because of sin. And though although Scripture in 1 Timothy 2.14 mentions that the woman was deceived first, it never suggests that women are more or less sinful than men. And Christ's redemption applies to both, okay? Both equally. The grace of Christ applies both same to men and women. And when we are recreated in the image of God, when God has given us a new life, a rebirth, that applies to all believers equally without distinction of male and female, right? And so this rebirth, this recreation to the image of Christ is for both, both of us, men and women, okay? <clears throat> all right. Jeremy, would you mind reading that for us, please?
0: For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you who were baptized in Greek, there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus
1: okay so again christ's redemption is both for men and women are being made new in christ is given to believers indiscriminately of their sexual identity of whether they're man or woman when god has adopted us as sons that's both men and women our identity is now in Christ as sons of God. We're given a specific uh, position of, of, of privilege as sons of God. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So men and women are equal in the image of God. Okay. So there's a place of submission for both. Okay. <clears throat> so 1 Corinthians eleven seven, 7, the Apostle Paul talks about, about head coverings, which is an attitude of submission. And I'll read this passage real quick. It says, For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. So glory focuses on the honor that one person brings to another. Man was made to honor God. Of course, woman was made to honor God as well. But in addition, she's made for a second person to honor man. And God made her specifically to be a helper for Adam. And man honors and glorifies God by uncovering his head because covering showed a subservience to another creature. We're not going to get into head coverings. That's not what this is about. Okay? But a woman, however, must honor not only God, but also honor her husband and honor man. Okay? She honors God when she honors the specific task of helper for which God has made her. And unlike the man, then she honors God best for displaying her subordination. Okay? Now, we're all, we're all subordinate in some way, shape or form, right? We all got to follow the laws of the street, right? My wife the other day got, a little while ago, got pulled over for driving too fast over the speed limit, right? Uh, now, the kids continue to laugh at her. My five-year-old said, "Mom, when, when she was talking to the trooper, Mommy, are you going to go to jail? <laughs> no, she's not going to jail. But the trooper looked in and said, oh, you got, all, you got five kids with you? What are you doing, <laughs> right? So we all, and I've, I've thankfully not had as many speeding tickets as my wife. Okay, but we all have our subordinate in authority in some way, shape, or form, right? <clears throat> What's that? Well, uh, I'll tell you a story about that some other time, but uh, that, was just, that was just once. That was just once. So I, I slide, I do the, the, the seven over rule. I set my cruise at seven over, and I have yet to be pulled over because of that. So. But, but we're all in authority of some way, shape, or form, right? We're all subordinate to others in some way. Jesus was subordinate to his Father and to even human authorities, human authority structures to redeem us. He willingly did that. He willingly submitted himself to those authorities. A willingness to subordinate oneself to others for God's sake is indeed itself a part of the image of God. It's not a compromise of that. Even submission to unjust authorities show a special likeness to Christ. And the book of 1 Peter speaks a lot about that, about submitting ourselves to even unjust authorities because they are ordained by God. They are, God is sovereign even over those. And so we are all called to submit to those authorities that God has placed over us, okay? And it's often by submitting to others that we best display this divine image that we are made in. How better to demonstrate God's love, His long-suffering, His gentleness, His self-control, than by submitting willingly to those authorities that God has placed over us, okay? So, we both, men and women, are done that. It's just that women have an additional role, not only to honor God, but to honor man as well, okay? All right? So, we see sexual differentiation itself images God, okay? So, human sexuality mirrors God's creativity, okay? Look around at all of us. Take a second. Just look around, Okay? Not only we're made male and female, but look how different we're all made, right? We all have different shapes and sizes and hair color and eye color and skin tone and all those things, right? And so we see that, that in creation of man and woman, we see his creativity, okay? Our sexual qualities, like other human qualities, image God. They are a representation of God. To say that our eyes image God is not to say that God has eyes. God doesn't have eyes. He's a spirit. Only Jesus Christ was fully man and fully God. Okay, But to say that our eyes picture something divine is an image of God. Okay, So we see God's creativity in each of us. Each of us was created by a sexual union of man and woman. And yet each of us are different. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. Okay. <clears throat> now God's love for his people is also like a husband's love for his wife. Okay. This pictures God's love for his people. Uh, the the husband and wife is an imperfect picture of this. Okay. We see that in Ephesians 5. That's talked about that. It's a picture of Christ and his church. That our and our marriages are to emulate that, even though we do it imperfectly, and sin has tainted all of that. Okay, but the love between a husband and wife pictures God's love for his people. We see that in in Song of Solomon, talks about that, talks about the love of a man and a woman. That's that's an allegory, also a story uh, that talks about the love of God and his people. Covenant marriage is a picture of God's covenant relationship with man. We as husbands are called to love our wives uh, as as Christ loved the church, Numerous places in scripture, his care for people is tied to the marriage relationship. We see it in Hosea, right? God calls Israel as a nation an adulterous people at times, okay? And because they have turned away from him, and so our marriage is a picture of God's relationship with us, our marriages, and are to picture that. Okay? <clears throat> Now, while Scripture does talk about God in in male and female imagery at times, it is mostly male. Jesus spoke of God as His heavenly Father, and so should we. There's an aspect of authority and lordship of a father, which is lacking at times in our culture and at times in our churches today. And so the idea of God as our Father as a, as a, is important for us to remember that as a Father, He has created the universe. He has created Jesus Christ for us um, in terms of His physical body, the incarnation of Jesus. He didn't create Jesus as God. Let me, let me make sure I, I don't say something wrong. You don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? But He, he sent Jesus t- as God and man to die for us as His Son. Okay? so God as is our heavenly Father okay <clears throat> and the submission of woman also images God the submission of God is important we see Jesus's submission to his father to come and pay the penalty for us okay He is not too proud the Lord is not too proud to be our helper Scripture talks about God being our helper and Jesus Christ is not unwilling to be our servant in fact he came to as a servant sacrifice for us, willingly. Okay? So submission is actually an image of God. Okay? <clears throat> so men and women equally represent God. Sonship, adoption, and inheritance apply to both. Okay? We talked about sonship last week, how we are all made sons uh, of God. We are adopted through faith in Jesus Christ, and we are given an inheritance. Uh, the inheritance of eternal life through Christ Jesus. And this applies to both. All of those, again, we, the 1 Corinthians eleven seven 7, that there is no difference in this, in God adopting and choosing us and giving us an inheritance of men and women. Okay? It applies to both. Okay? <clears throat> Servant authority is present in numerous areas. We see that. Okay. And again, authority is given to those that are that are needed to submit, okay? So in in the in your our submission to God, there is authority that is established. We look at the at our first lordship attributes. Authority is one of that and that includes men and women, okay? <clears throat> All right, so let's get to the to the real the real issues here, the attributes and roles, okay? <clears throat> at the end, we'll talk about that, but uh, first, there is uh, an attack at the historicity, the, the correct history of Adam and Eve, that Adam and Eve were actually the first man and woman um, created. Okay, And those that wish to attack this, it's actually ultimately an attack on the authority of Scripture, but they use the historicity, the, uh, the, the, the correctness of the history of Adam and Eve uh, to try to show that, that if that has started... Um, if, if the Bible started incorrectly, that it finishes, okay? <clears throat> so, Scripture actually affirms this of Adam and Eve beyond Genesis. Uh, in 1 Chronicles 1.1, Adam is first in a genealogy, leading all the way to King David. Okay? He's listed first. Okay? If Adam were a legendary figure, not actually the first man, it would have been wrong to exclude his name in this genealogy. We see in Luke three the genealogy goes backwards from from Jesus all the way to Adam, and Adam then is actually called the son of God, okay, because he was the first man, son of God, okay. So we see the, the Adam listed in these genealogies. That's important to uh, to remember uh, in this in the accurate history of of Adam and Eve, okay. In Romans. 514 the apostle paul states that death reigned from adam to moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of adam it was a type of one to come to references jesus the main point is a parallel between the negative work of adam who plunged the world into sin and the redeeming work of jesus christ who deliver us from that sin of adam okay so if if that was the case again the apostle paul wouldn't use that if Adam wasn't a real figure, if wasn't uh, accurately historic, historically accurate, he wouldn't have used that. Okay, but to make this parallel between Adam, the first man, and Jesus, the perfect man that comes to save us, is important. Okay, <clears throat> we see that again in uh, one Corinthians fifteen twenty-two, a similar parallel between sinful death of Adam and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's a second place that the Apostle Paul talks about this, okay? Um, and then in 1 Timothy 2, the Apostle Paul gives instructions to the church based on Adam and Eve, okay? Um, and then lastly, here in Matthew 19, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees about divorce, specifically. And he quotes Matthew, uh, excuse me, Genesis two twenty four that man and wife are one flesh because God declared them to be that at that time. Okay? So marriage was established before the fall. Okay? <clears throat> Again, this statement would have no force if the Genesis narrative were fictional, We're not historically accurate. Okay? So numerous passages uh, in scripture along with Genesis to speak to the roles of men and women in their relationship. And so this is where, where there is a lot of controversy right, um, in terms of roles. Okay? <clears throat> and so we see some different things here that's established in this uh, passage i know we're, we're going pretty quick so stick with me um, and uh we'll, we'll have some discussion at the end okay but <clears throat> again we see that adam is established to lead okay to that the, these are different roles that again that equality sign doesn't mean the exact same it doesn't mean unequal okay men and women are equal before god they're different, given different roles and responsibilities okay so man's created first, okay, he's a firstborn, God didn't have to do this, okay, he could have created them at the same time, but he didn't, okay, there's an order to God's creation, he chose to create in a sequence, and this communicates a leadership role for the man, okay, uh, <clears throat> in God's ordinances for the Israelites, okay, the firstborn was given a double portion of the inheritance. Because he had more responsibility, he was to care for his, his family, care for the younger siblings, care for his parents, and that double portion was part was to help him in that. Okay, so in this in this uh, uh, establishment of just position and being made first, there is a leadership expectation. Okay, <clears throat> so not only was he given, was he made first, he's also given moral instruction and taught him the design of life in the garden. If we go back to two fifteen through seventeen. He gave this instruction specifically to Adam, okay? that this instruction to, to be in the garden and given a moral responsibility for it was given to Adam. Okay? And so more, Adam was responsible to provide this moral leadership to those that came after him as well, to Eve um, and his family, okay? that God established that in Genesis 2, 15 through 17. All right, we also see him naming the animals. When God creates a woman at the end of the passage, Adam names her as well, okay? So the act of naming is one of significant leadership and authority. And God gives that leadership responsibility to Adam and not to Eve, okay? So in general, men are called to lead. Women are called to be a loyal and suitable helper. Again, this doesn't mean an inequality at all, okay? Ephesians 5 is clear in that, okay, and this is how we're created. The problem is that, men, that sin has made both men and women not want to do these things. Men don't want to lead. Women don't want to be a suitable helper, okay, and sin has tainted these things, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks when we get to, when we get to the fall and talk about sin, okay, but this is how we're created, okay, and different roles does not mean a difference in importance, both men and women were created were made in god's image they're given distinct roles and again we see that sin has tainted all of these so i know we went through that pretty quick but i wanted to give a few minutes for applications we have this this is a big topic in in our culture one that's constantly attacked so i wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on these things Anyone? Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> so one of the things that I think a lot of women don't understand about this idea of Adam being put in leadership. Yeah. is That this is, like you mentioned earlier, a covering for her. Mm. It's safety. Yes. It doesn't mean that she's not capable. It's safety for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of his leadership responsibility is provision and protection yes. for his for his wife, right? Exactly yeah absolutely it is absolutely and at times we we as men have uh, fight that right we're lazy we the sin has made us has made work hard and we don't want to do those things but it it is a protection and a safety for for the woman to be secure in her role and responsibility as well yeah Yeah, absolutely okay and so i i would say at times it's often it's often both and right there it's never one-sided it's usually a combination (laughs) of a lack of 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 taking responsibility for those roles, right? Okay? <clears throat> All right. Other thoughts? Yeah, Abby. I think it shows like, we have to rely on scripture more because, like, uh, from what you just taught, the it so long, we only can rely on scripture mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's Satan's a great deceiver, right? And we'll look at that in sin. He wants to t- to to twist everything that God has established even from creation even from how we are made satan wants wants to deceive and twist that because like you said it attacks god's word and his authority of his word is important and that's where we need to have our grounding in yeah that's a great point abby thank you i would say that
2: like from experience embracing my role as a husband and i would say dakota embracing her role as, as my wife has brought joyful fulfillment in our lives. Mm. God rewards those who do what He says. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I look at people because I, I, mean, I work in the nursing field, so I see a lot of a lot of women who are leaving their households, and, mm-hmm. and they're miserable. Mm.
1: So there's, yeah, there's part of, part of that protection for both, right? A responsibility and a helper is that there is joy in that. There's joy in actually doing and fulfilling the roles and responsibilities that God has initially created us for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Thank you. Other thoughts? Yeah. Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, the grass is always greener the other side of the fence, right? At times, we want what what we we shouldn't have, and that's part of God's protection for us as well, right? Is is not always giving us what we what we what we want. Okay, and yeah, a desire and, and a lack of contentment of where God has placed you is is huge. Okay. Um, when I came in, I didn't like to see that equal sign. <laughs> it just it kind of makes me mad. And yeah. I, yeah. And there's so much of that out there, like these anti-Biblical views. People are very vocal about it, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think we as believers also need to be vocal. So, absolutely that absolutely and the, yeah you're right because the world is screaming this in our face every day right you go through drive-through at Starbucks and I have to explain to my daughter my 10 year old daughter why there's a man dressed as a woman giving me my coffee right I mean that's 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 the culture that we live in that's where we're at right and so to be able to teach these truths that we are ourselves understand and know and teach those to the next generation Is huge, is important, and to continue to speak about these truths—that this is actually what Scripture says, this is God's truth, this is how God has made us—is important. Very, very important.
2: These are gospel issues. Like a person whose identity is say in homosexuality or transgenderism or something, will never come to the gospel because they'll they'll continue to say that my identity. Even if they call themselves a Christian, they'll say, I'm a gay Christian mm. without actually really being a Christian. Mm. Like, and, and any time you speak against these things, they say, oh, you're, you're, you're attacking me mm-hmm. because they place their identity in it. So it's like, right. these things are not just like minor issues. Mm-hmm. They're, they're major society issues. Absolutely. They, they affect the gospel and mm. our gospel presentation because a person cannot continue or cannot be obedient to Christ while at the same time placing their identity in a thing that is utterly contrary
1: to his command. Right, right. And that, that's the thing is a, a lack also a lack of willingness to call that sin, right? And that sin is no greater than, uh, than a sin that I commit, but it, it does affect, their like you said, their identity, right? And if they're unwilling to release, to, to, if God hasn't changed their hearts to repent of that sin, then that, that is what is going to continue to hold them in, in bondage. Absolutely. Roger? So one word that keeps coming to my mind is rebellion. Because that, that's really all it is. is mm. Rebellion against God. Mm. Yeah, and it's a heart of repentance that allows us to obey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, it's 9.59. This has been great. Luke, will you close us in prayer, please?
0: Thank you for listening to Truth in Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is truth to live by.